We have ourselves a series as the Phoenix Suns even it up 2-2 with the Denver Nuggets with a home game four win. You thought the Suns' big four was KD, Book, CP3, and Aiton. Turns out it was those two guys, Landry Shamit and Matt Ishpia. We'll talk about it on today's episode of Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credential media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen after an awesome Game 4 win by the Phoenix Suns. A lot to break down today. Hit follow or subscribe if you have not already to get this show in your feed every single Monday through Friday. We're getting some weekend playoff games, so you're getting really more like six shows, getting locked onto your favorite team every day, becoming everydayer. Get all of the updates, analysis, news, everything you need about your favorite team. You can also follow along at Locked On PHX Suns, where you can give your seven words or less game take after each and every playoff game, win or loss. We have at Joe Grabinski today with best win of my life. We have uh, the John Toms at the John Toms. Kevin with wow, didn't even take seven words for him. And uh, we have uh, Roberto Aaron, 83, with I think an apt Way to sum up. Well, almost every single one of these was from Landry Sham- about Landry Shamit today, Brandon. But uh, this one was the best, I think. He just said, "I'm sorry for all the Shamit slander." Um, I think we all owe Mr. Shamit an apology, or a lot of you owe Shamit an apology. I've been the the truther here, holding firm uh, up until very recently. Um, so maybe you guys can uh, can tell him sorry. But he is Brandon Duane. Yes, he is a writer over at Bright Side of the Sun, joining us as he does every single Monday. In this case. A playoff game recap Monday, but let's get right down to it, Brandon. Um, 129 to 124, I think this was maybe one of the best games that I've ever been at in my life. Uh, I'll start it right there, but uh, I've talked about games one through three solo, so I'm excited to have you along for this one. Tell me what your thoughts were coming off of an incredible playoff basketball game here in the Valley. Yeah, first of all, uh, I would like to issue uh, my apology to Andrew Shamit because uh, I you know, insert the whole Shaquille O'Neal. I wasn't familiar with your game meme here. Uh, really stepped up, rose to the occasion. So kudos to him. But the, the overall takeaway just continues to be Devin Booker. I mean, he's just sensational. He's playing on a different level right now. It's just ridiculous to watch what he's doing. Uh, it seems like basketball reference is breaking with, with every stat that he uh, has produced so far through his playoff run. It's just one of those runs that I think um, you know, as long as he continues to stay healthy and stay hot, like it could be remembered as one of the greatest of all time if the Suns can really uh, continue to, to to grind out some wins. So uh, now it's the best of three. It's mm. it's uh, mano y mano. This is what, you know, we thought this was going to be. And Denver's a, a very tough place to win. So, uh, you know, can't get too high off the, this win because, you know, Denver, you know, going back there, they're going to do whatever they can to protect their, their home court. So, uh, you know, just got to hope that the, the, at least one role player can step up like Shamit did on the road uh, because if Durant and Booker are going off like that, that's, that's all you really need is just someone else to step up. Yeah. The sun's got uh, 40 bench points tonight. We'll talk about that a little bit more in depth in the second segment and uh, a little help from Matt Ishpia, an extra point and uh, potential suspension for Nicole Jokic. So we'll get to that. We're not, we're not skipping it on purpose folks, but we got to start with the big stuff first, the win, what actually happened here on the court. Um, 
I did want to let everybody know today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Devin Booker averaging now after nine playoff games, Brandon, 37 points on 61% shooting, 7.4 assists, and just 3.1 turnovers per game. Like, I, at some point, you almost just have to put it statistically, even though there's a million words you could use. I saw Jared Dubin tweeted, he's touching God. I said he's on another in another universe. Like, I, we're getting to that point where it's like biblical in order to describe what the hell it is that he's doing uh, in these games. I Normally in these post-game shows when I go solo, I start out with the moment of the game as the everydayers listening will we'll know. Um, and in this case, it would have been the end of the third quarter for me where it's, it's neck and neck all night, very close. You know, DA gets his fourth foul. The Nuggets go up one with less than three minutes to go in that third quarter. Kevin Durant turns it over a couple times when Aaron Gordon is in there making it hard on him. And then Booker just makes two back-to-back pull-up threes with multiple hands in his face, including the second one, I think four hands were in his face, two guys just completely suffocating him, and he puts the Suns up six, and that's a lead that they uh, would never go on to to let go of. Um, that, to me, is kind of what jumps out the most, I, I think, just because a lot of this stuff, like, frankly, this dude's been doing it in the playoffs for a while, right? Like, uh, you know, 40 in the finals twice, and closeout game against the Lakers in the first round in 2021, and then... You know, even last year wasn't necessarily his best, but he has that game two against the Pelicans when he ends up going out, but is incredible until then. And so it's almost like him stepping up isn't a huge surprise, but it's just like the fact that it feels like there's no ceiling on his game and that every single night we tune in to watch this dude and it feels like he's ascending another 15 to 20 to 400 steps like it's it's crazy to watch this and yeah you're right to call it historical because that's what it feels like right now yeah i think kd put it best when he just called his performance spiritual uh is that so this whole playoff run feels like at this point it's just uh just like i've already said just a different level that we we've seen these moments from booker where he takes over games but whenever it's this consistent throughout the course of the game on both ends making the right decisions and you're almost surprised when he misses at this point. It's just ridiculous. He's just seeing the, the you know, the, the hoop looks like an ocean to him. Everything's just uh, effortless at this point. So um, did you have a favorite want, shot? N- I had a favorite play and uh-huh. that would be the touchdown pass to Kevin Durant for that last second shot. I thought that was a huge momentum shift mm-hmm. and also shout out to Jock Landale getting that steal before that play um, that whole first quarter, I think, and there's, consecutive plays to close out the first and second quarter by Durant, uh, the shot, and then him blocking Gordon at the rim to close out the half. Yeah. Those are two huge momentum swings. I thought that really kind of set the tone for the, for the next quarter. So, but yeah, that, that pass to Durant full court was ridiculous. I mean, he was looking like a quarterback out there and uh, you know, it looked like that classic Duke uh, Christian Leitner type yeah. lob shot. So, I mean, it was, it was, that was ridiculous. Yeah, it's a great transition. So obviously, um, Kevin Durant had the same amount of points in game four tonight, 36 on 11 of 19 shooting that he had in game three. But I think to me, this was Durant's best playoff game as a son yet. It was a, a better start for him. He made his first spot up three. He on his first ISO got to the free throw line against Gordon and that would be a, a real 
rhythm of, uh, breaker in this game for the Nuggets. Gordon was, you know, not in severe foul trouble at any point, but he only ends up playing 36 minutes. I think a lot of that has to do with the fouls and anytime he was in there, you could notice it. And so Durant being able to get him into foul trouble early, I think not only helped get to the line and get a rhythm early in the game, but make his best defender have to sit for various portions of it. Um, and yeah, you look up and it's 72 for those guys on absurd efficiency and they needed every single point of this. It felt like a game the Suns controlled, but the final score, a lot of these moments, that was not really what it was because Nikola Jokic was, if if Booker was in another universe, Nikola Jokic was like one planet over sitting right next to him on that same universe because he was at 53 points in this one, 11 assists, 13 trips to the line, and he shot 67%. So the Suns needed those two dudes to be great because Jokic was amazing. Yeah, I mean, there is nothing you could do about what Jokic was doing tonight. It was ridiculous. Um, just seeing those two trade baskets and, like, not just them, but, like, Durant and Murray even. There was a stretch in the third quarter where it was just, like, both teams were playing hard defensively, contesting shots, but it just didn't matter. And that's just – to me, that's the best type of basketball to watch. Like, I, I like defensive battles, but when you're witnessing, you know, good defense versus great offense, that's just, you know, top-tier basketball. So, I think – uh, we we got to see. We're going to probably see a lot more of that this series, just because you know the the two duos of uh, Booker and Durant and Murray and Jokic are just having historic playoff runs at this point um, in terms of just you know combined you know all like across the board stats. So just seeing those two duos go to work, and then which it really just comes down to which role players step up. Um, and we saw at home the Suns got more contributions from players we didn't see in Denver. Um, just like we saw in Denver, you know, some of the role players stepped up. So I think that's honestly the the main uh, key heading into Denver is which, you know, who's going to help uh, at this yeah. point? Is it, you know, is it going to be another Shamit game? Uh, will campaign step up on the road? I thought, you know, you know, this could be a different topic, but just the whole Chris Paul injury changing the, the pace of the game. That's that's another, you know, dynamic that I think kind of helped uh, the Suns offense in general, just playing faster. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to dissect from there, but yeah, Denver's offense was ridiculous and it just took a, a Booker and Durant uh, masterclass for them to come out with the win. Yeah, let's get to the helpers, talk about Shamit's 19 points, talk about Payne as a starter. I didn't really get too much on that in game after game three. It's an interesting conversation to have. TJ Warren again closing the game. Uh, defensive play uh, against Jokic late as well as, as the Suns tried to switch things up, so we'll get into all of that. Next, first today's show, guys, brought to you by Prize Picks. You know the deal with Prize Picks. They came in, they fixed daily fantasy sports, and all day or every day, sorry, of the NBA playoffs, all the way through the finals, one Prize Picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. Prize Picks will pick one entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time each day. Whoever placed that entry will then be given an additional six pick flex with the following payouts. If you get all six, a perfect Slate, you get a million dollars. If you get five right, 80,000, four right, 16,000. Full details can be found at pricepicks.com slash million. All you have to do is put in an entry like you always would, and you automatically are entered for the random selection. You must opt in at that pricepicks.com slash million link in order to be eligible. But again, just your normal entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. Again, pricepicks.com, download the pricepicks app. Sign up today. Play daily fantasy sports the right way. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on as well. So when you sign up, go ahead and get that instant deposit match and then put an entry in on time and get the random selection opportunity 
to go ahead and win up to a million. How does that sound? A hundred and then a million. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Brandon, let's uh, jump back in here. Landry Sham at 19 points. We got to get to it. It was all the rage on Twitter. It was, uh, it was a crazy thing in game three because did you go to game three? Did you end up going? I did not actually. Oh, I, I will guaranteed I will be at game six at this point now. Okay. So that's, that's nice. That's a, uh, all right, I, you're off the hook too, because I was like, I didn't get a text, so I'm really hoping you didn't go. Um, we we have to yeah. have our fries drink as we as we discussed on the last show. Hundred percent. Hopefully after a win. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, so game three, Landry Shamit. It was like one of the first times where I was like, this is what it was like for Philadelphia with Ben Simmons, where the internet manifested itself in the arena, and T- Terrence Ross got the biggest ovation I've ever heard a, a player of his caliber get in a game. Uh, when he checked in. And then Landry Shamit was kind of getting booed. It wasn't like full-on boos, but it was murmurs. So when the crowd's a little restless, when a guy makes a mistake. I thought Shamit was fine in game three. Not great, not bad. Defensively, I think that's been as big as impact throughout the series. And then finally tonight, the shot hits uh, to a, a, a really high degree. What did you see from Shamit? What did it feel like to finally have this dude have his son's moment after two years on this team with not a lot of those? Uh, first off, I'm happy for him. You know, no, you, no one wants to see someone on your team struggle. Uh, that's the main thing. I feel like with him is a lot just like mental with the shot. He's like, you know, he's supposed to be a shooter and he's not hitting these shots and it gets frustrating. But uh, like you said, defensively, he was he's trying. He's battling. Uh, he's, he's not the best defender just due to measurables and his size and everything. But he competes 100 percent. And, uh, you know, just I think seeing that that shot drop a couple of times really got his confidence up. And he even had a heat check at one point, which I'm all for, because when you have Booker and Durant on the court, you're going to get open looks. So uh, they're, they're going to need him to space the floor. So I really hope this is kind of the turning point and uh, the redemption arc for Landry Sham. I'm hundred percent here for it. Uh, you know, anyone that's, you know, questioned Monty for putting in the rotation. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, at, at the time it was wrong to question it because he really was struggling, but it's at the same time, uh, for him to have that confidence and for him to come out and have a breakout game like this is just awesome. So I really hope this is just a sign of things to come uh, because if it is, that really does change the dynamic of the Suns, you know, offense from a floor spacing perspective and just, you know, firepower. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just went and looked up the uh, defensive stats when Sham has been guarding him so far these playoffs it's nothing spectacular you know it's it's 10 points on five field goal attempts so you know pretty pretty darn good but you know I think the name of the game with Jamal Murray is just to make him uncomfortable right it's it's to fight through the screens not allow him to get separation not allow him he they run these post-ups for him a lot and I just don't feel like or or maybe they don't run them and he chooses to post up when he does have a good mismatch or uh, you know wants to kind of take over I don't think that that's a good recipe. They did it a couple times to start out the first, the fourth quarter and Shamit made it hard. It slows the game down. It gets them out of rhythm. And like, those are the moments where all you really need to do is, is push him. And Murray was good in this game. Zero turnovers shot better than 50% from the field. But I think that's great, you know, and then the shot, right? So Shamit, I think the biggest thing has been not taking them, right? That's always been the thing with him. We've seen these games, like there was a Bucks game during the regular season last year. There have been a couple of these moments where when he gets five, ten of them up, odds are he's going to make, you know, three, four of those shots. But 
he just doesn't take them. And so I think there was a big lift to, I believe he made his first three of the game, not in that fourth quarter. And then by the time the fourth quarter came around, he was pretty comfortable. I think the craziest one though, Brandon, the, the pull up three on the left wing, I know it was late in the clock, but it's just like, if you had told me anybody on the team would have made that shot, I think Landry Shamit would have been like the fifth or sixth draft pick on that. Yeah, no, that's what the Suns need out of him. That, that confidence is huge. That's why, you know, if this does end up being that breakthrough game that carries over into games, you know, five and six and beyond, then, yeah. you know, that's it really does change. Like, it sounds crazy to say it about a role player, but like just having an extra floor spacer that is reliable really changes how the teams have to think about guarding Durant and Booker because it's already tough enough. And, you know, when teams sag off a of Kogi or force them to make decisions in the short roll, that kind of slows the Suns' offense down a lot. So if you could have, you know, Shamit as that option instead where – a, he's not killing you on defense, and he's at least you know putting up a, a fight. And B, he's hitting shots, and that, that's a combination that just bodes well for the Suns. And I think you know, uh, really hoping this is just the the start of, of a Landry Shamit outbreak. So uh, not just something that we look back on, and be like, remember that Landry Shamit game. So yeah. uh, we'll see. I mean, he's still. Uh, as long as he's shooting confident, that's that's all you can ask for at this point. Yeah, I mean, Terrence Ross made, uh, I guess he made one more three this game than he did the last game, but he took a couple less, so his impact was there. You know, in a lot of games this year, that that shooter was a Kogi. In the first round, it was Torrey Craig a lot. At times, it's been Chris Paul. At times, it's been Kevin Durant. When that guy, when when the Suns are able to get that guy the ball, and that guy makes shots, there you really are going to have a tough time beating them. You know what I mean? And ideally, would it be somebody a little more reliable than any of the lists that I just listed off there? Yeah, but they have what they have, and as long as one of these dudes is, is, is stepping up as a release valve offensively each night, they're going to be in a pretty good position. What did you make of the Aiton Landale thing and, and kind of how that carried over into tonight's game where Aiton did end up closing, but Landale and his minutes were pretty close to even overall. Yeah. I thought, I thought Monty actually did a pretty good job of just balancing that just kind of based on like the, the flow of the game. It didn't seem like anything was forced between, you know, eight and Orlando. It's just more of, you know, this, you know, Aiden did get in some foul trouble. So they had to go to, to jock at one point, but I thought in the minutes he was in there, he really held his own uh, fighting defensively and, and really just, you know, making plays. Uh, and if you get good minutes out of jock, like I've said in the past, it really in that second unit, it really opens up the offense. Whereas, you know, Bismack is uh, great as a rim protector as he is. He kind of, you know, stalls the offense at times, I think. So I, uh, and in this series, especially against Denver, where you're going to need to score points to beat them, I think having Landell out there really opens up the floor. And, uh, you know, DeAndre had, I think it was like, what, eight and eight in this game, which, you know, was pretty quiet on, on the surface. But I actually thought his engagement was a little bit higher and there's no sulking or anything. It's, it's never been about the numbers with him. It's just more of, you know, is he engaged defensively? Is he trying? And I thought I saw a little bit more of that in this game. So. Uh, overall pleased with the big the, the bigs tonight even though Jokic dropped 53 it's just there's not anything you could really do at this point with how he was playing it was just ridiculous it's kind of hilarious with Jokic where in both in game three I think I asked the question of Monty about uh, getting in the passing lanes because it felt like pain especially in game three was pretty solid getting deflections um, and Shamit Booker I think all those guys were able to get their hands on a few of his passes. And and then I kind of like almost got embarrassed asking the question because I remembered like, okay, but the dude had 17 assists. So uh didn't go, didn't go, uh, you know, perfectly. 
And then tonight, 53 points. And I think someone else asked a question about, you know, making him uncomfortable, the six turnovers again in this game, whatever. It's it's bizarre, but I really think it speaks to how much he's having to do. You know what I mean? And the fact that Murray is not necessarily a table setter. I mean, he had seven assists, but my a lot of the assists that he has to me are often to Jokic. And, you know, Gordon, Porter, 11 points apiece. So, you know, on the Nuggets side, it's it really is that, right? It's like you just need one or two other guys besides your best two to step up. And it's crazy to say, I don't think anyone would have necessarily thought the Suns would be able to get this level of, of performance from their role players, but they have um, at home, at least we'll see, we'll see what happens, but it's not like to me, the Nuggets role players were amazing at home, you know, game one, Gordon and, and Brown went off game two, KCP had the big fourth quarter. So they got it, but you know, it felt as random and fluky as it has for the Suns, even though I think the Nuggets guys you would say are more reliable. But uh, anyway, with Payne, let's let's close there. I mentioned him with the passing lanes in game three. In this game, five and four. Uh, but I feel like game in, in these games, Brandon, he's had the best bad games that I could think of. He, he feels like he's making an impact, and he's just, but he's not making shots. He's not really getting a lot of assists. The box score doesn't show it, but I I still feel like he's kind of done his job here. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. Uh, I think just he knows his role. He's not really forcing uh, a ton offensively. He's just trying to make sure that the offense is, A, running, which I think they need to get those transition looks. Uh, yeah. And that leads to, you know, a hockey assist or two where, you know, he makes the right play and it leads to, you know, them kicking it out to, to an open shooter. So. Uh, he's, I, th- I think just in terms of controlling the tempo, he's done an awesome job. Um, that, and that's all you can really ask for at this point when you're replacing Chris Paul, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be table setting a team with, you know, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That's just, that's not what your role is. Your role is to make sure that, you know, the offense is running smooth, that you're a downhill threat, uh, and that you're playing hard defensively. And I think he's doing all those things. And, you know, if he's, he's not really doing a lot offensively, but that it's not really been needed, uh, at this point, just because of how Booker and, Durant have played, which is, you know, pretty surprising to say that about a team that's down Chris Paul, that you're, you don't really need his offense, but you kind of don't like, as long as he's doing his job and making sure the, you know, the team's getting in their sets, that that's all you can ask for at this point. Yeah. And I mean, he hasn't really been getting a lot of wide open threes. I think the ones that he has that have been really open, he's hit. It's just, he's taken a lot of off the bounce ones and late clock stuff and whatever. And I think that's part of why He's not making his shots. I think, you know, interior stuff, it's it's always a little bit fluky with him. I'm sure that part of his game is going to be the last thing to round into form. But, you know, if they can survive Denver, you know, then maybe you think he's even better going forward. But to your point on the transition, just from a numbers standpoint here. So the first two games, cleaning the glass has this thing of how many points do you add to your overall scoring per 100 possessions by running? by getting out in transition. It's a little bit of a weird stat to understand, but the base, the more simple you try to think of it, the better. That's that's the gist of it. In game one, they added one and a half points. Game two, they subtracted 3.2 because that was the 97-87 weird one. Game three, they added 9.1 points to their total by, by getting in transition. And in this game, 11.2. You know, that's the campaign effect, right? That's that's where he's making a difference. I, I don't want to give it all to him because I think Booker's been excellent there. I even think Durant has been pretty selective and, and smart about running. It's been a way to get himself in rhythm, been a way to get involved, even when he's not always handling the ball. So it's everybody, but 
I think it's definitely better when it's Payne over Chris Paul. Uh, let's close things out. Talk a little bit about this controversy that's a little silly, but also very serious as we look forward to game five. Jokic versus Ishbia. We'll talk about it next. First, one more quick break. All right, coming back here, 129-124, Suns win, game four. Very good environment. Crowd showed up. I'm sure many of you listening were there. Awesome night. Big big time stuff. The Suns even the series. Best two out of three. They got to win one road game. It's all set up right there. But there's this little subplot on the side that involved the uh, back-to-back MVP from the past two seasons and the new owner of the Phoenix Suns getting physical with one another courtside. Uh, at the old Robert Sarver honorary seats, now the Matt Ishbia, Isaiah Thomas uh, little row here. And Josh Okogie goes flying into the corner. Ball comes with him. Ishbia grabs onto the ball. Jokic wants the ball back, wants to get the you know advantage five on four as Okogie tries to pick himself up off the <laughs> splayed out position that he was in. Jokic doesn't like that Ishbia's holding onto the ball, shoves him a little bit. I think Isaiah Thomas got railroaded there at one point, too. They were, everyone was checking on him. He's a little older than Matt is, of course. And uh, now we're looking at a potential suspension for Nikola Jokic, I think, Brandon, because if you read what he, what the referee said post-game, it, it was not silly, and it was de- deemed to be pretty overt and direct. And really the only reason that he got a tech is because the the ref seemed to acknowledge like there was some other stuff going on. This was not Ron Artest by any means, but it's still inexcusable and the ref did not really mince his words. So what did you make of all of it and, and give us your kind of initial thoughts here as we look down a potential, you know, best player on the opposing team in their home game five, not available? Yeah. So the first thing I just want to say, just, just to point out is objectively, the whole thing was just hilarious. Like if we just put aside the whole potential suspension series shifting thing, like that moment was just, I was cracking up at that. I mean, that was just pure comedy. Matt Ishbio sold it. You can tell Uh, he was a walk on, right? Like he knows, he knows what his value is out there. He's not, he's not gonna, (laughs) you know, run away from Jokic. He's not going to overpower him, but he can flop. Exactly. No, he sold it. Uh, I thought he did a great job. You know, he, he was, you know, set and everything. And it was like Chris Paul type of uh, charge right there. But but uh, to put, you know, getting back to like the main point is. No, hold on. Suspension. We can stay on the funny for, for a minute here um, because <laughs> I, I, I had to wonder. So post game book said he did his job. He got us a point. I feel like there might have been somebody in the Suns, uh, you know, communications or marketing team that was like, hey, buddy, like, uh, you know. If you get asked about that again, like as a communications professional yourself, Brandon, I'm sure you can uh, you can relate to that. Or it was like, maybe don't say he did his job when we're looking at, you know, trying to maybe argue our case here. But uh, the other part of this that made me laugh was Magic's tweet. Did you see this? I've not. Not yet. Okay, so he said, Jokic, I enjoyed your performance, but I didn't appreciate the elbow to my fellow Spartan and Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, LOL. It's like the one actual the like magic opinionated tweet. magic tweet we've gotten though. I feel like the the real magic tweet you would have expected would have just been crazy play between Nikola Jokic and Matt Ishbia, good win for the Suns or something like that. He he kind of went at Jokic there. Yeah, his that's his way. guy. I, yeah, that's his guy. I mean, if it was Sarver, I highly doubt uh, Johnson would be tweeting the same thing out. Um, in fact, I think fan, Suns fans would probably view the whole thing a little bit differently. 
Uh, Server would probably have some sort of burner and just be, you know, in, in the mentions <laughs> of everybody. I, I, I'm convinced Robert Sarver must have had many burner Twitters, and there's just, you know, some reporter needs to find it, or they're all deleted now. They're still out there somewhere, you know. He's, he's we, proud we got to find them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the whole situation I thought was just hilarious, and now the whole discussion has turned into the suspension thing, which, um, you know, I, I know we kind of talked about a little bit uh, before yeah, we started I mean, what recording. what do you think? Uh, so based off the rules, it warrants a suspension. Do I think he should be suspended? No, I do not. And I, mm. I get it. Like there's a lot of Suns fans that are bringing up the, the whole, you know, DL Amari thing, which gave me PTSD as a kid growing up, ruined my childhood. So uh, I get it. I, I don't want this series to come down to that though. I'm sick of all the excuses, all the narratives, all that, you know, I don't want this series to become the Jokic suspension series. I want the Suns to be the Nuggets full strength. I don't think an incident like that should determine a playoff series. Um, if Booker did the same exact thing in Denver, I promise you'd have a much different opinion of it. And that's fine. You, that's what fans are, you know, fans are fans. Yeah. And I get it. If that's your logic is like, you know, going back off the sun's getting screwed by this before. Um, but I don't like being objective. I don't think that's, that warrants a suspension, but it, by the rule book, you know, it looks like it meets your criteria. So that happens I, I think it's unfortunate but uh you know Suns fans will probably disagree with me on that um but yeah. where, where are you at on that I have to admit I you know I was in post-game media I was doing our locked on sports today show and then you know I'm driving home and everything so I don't feel like I've seen all the cases being made online the same way that I'm sure a lot of people listening might have already but what I will say is so we should also say, uh, post-game, <laughs> uh, adding to the hilarity of all this, uh, and I think making the Nuggets not doing themselves any favors with how they're talking about this. I think they're worried about a suspension too. But Michael Malone said, they all keep calling him a fan, right? Um, they keep calling Ishbia a fan. And they all know who it was, obviously. Um, even Monty, who always tries to pretend, I don't know anything. I've never seen anything. I've never touched the internet. What's any of that? I have no idea. Even he was like, you know, I... I saw it after the fact, but in the moment, I'm just trying to, you know, so they all knew. I also think it's kind of funny, and and where my mind kind of goes is, DeAndre Ayton got a technical foul in this game that people might have missed. It kind of went by quickly. I think Murray missed the free throw um, for coming out onto the court and yelling about, I think it was a foul on Durant in uh, uh, maybe a moment. I think he was trying to block Gordon or Green, and Aiton was pretty smart there because he came almost all the way to the basket, but he was along the baseline. So it didn't count as being in the, you know, crossing the line onto the court. Uh, lucky break there because that could have been bad too. And, and I guess that's where my mind goes because it's about the letter of the law. But I wonder and I sort of think there's a possibility here that similar to what we saw with the Draymond Green thing, right, where the league publicly said that they considered precedent. It would just be difficult for me to imagine that one of their, you know, most sort of unbothered, low, like non-threatening, low-profile stars that they're going to suspend him for one mistake when I think everyone watching that, as much as it is the letter of the law, the, the meme instantaneously became... Ishbia, the same thing we just joked about, right? Taking the charge, you know, oh, he's a hooper, you know, all that stuff. And like, 
I think that they'll consider that even if they will never tell us they consider that. And I guess that would be the case for why you don't suspend him. But at the same time, you know, Suns fans, I'm sure, are also thinking back to 2021 when the dude lost his temper and, 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 and hit campaign, right, and got ejected. And so I don't know. I really don't know. I really think it could go either way. I know that was a long-winded answer, but that's kind of everything on my head about it. And I think uh, to, cl- to conclude my, my monologue here, I'll just say I do think it would be a huge bummer. And I'm pretty sick of the Suns series getting decided by things like this, frankly. Uh, I was pretty excited heading into this series to finally have one where it was everybody healthy and it was just basketball and nothing else to talk about. And, you know, the best player missing game five and the Suns potentially winning that and then having a chance to close it out at home in game six. As exciting as we would that would all be, none of us are going to get too sad about the potential to advance around. It's also just like, again, True. you know? Yeah, just let Booker shove Denver's owner and just call it even. Let's just, you know, slap hands get back to who game is five. Let's oh, go. Denver's owner is Stan Kroenke, right? Um, it's like one of the yep. only dudes richer than Matt Ishbia in the league. So from that standpoint, that should be able to make him, make him feel okay. But they also, he also doesn't spend money on the team. So maybe that's the, maybe that's some of the jealousy coming out is Denver's fans are just upset because they know their owner would never do something like that. Dude's like 75 and doesn't actually care about the nuggets. So they're just kind of upset because they know their owner doesn't have what it takes in that spot. <laughs> Did I do it well enough? Am I am I am I making the fandom hatred come alive here? Am I am I doing my part, Brandon? Probably. I mean, there's there's a little bit of balance in your answer, so it wasn't too strong sided on one. Well, I'm one not going to yell at a 75 year old, you know. Um, even yeah. Matt Ishbia on the Simmons pod, like he was bad mouthing Dan Gilbert, and then he remembered Dan Gilbert had great. a stroke like six months ago, so he had to be like, "Oh crap! I uh, hope he's doing well health wise, but I hate him." Um, so look, uh, I'm just, I'm doing my part. We're getting another ownership rivalry here, but yeah, I mean, I think that's where we are. We'll see. We'll have more of an update on Monday, if nothing else. And and game six or game five is Tuesday. So not a long turnaround here at all. Um, what else is on your mind heading into game, uh, game five? Why do I keep getting mixed up game five? As far as what we saw tonight, what could continue? What might not continue? What you're on, what what you're kind of watching for? I think just going back to the role players, like who, who's going to step up. I feel like Booker and Durant, we know what we're going to get at this point from them, which is we're kind of spoiled to say that um, probably won't be scoring for, you know, 75, 80 at this level of efficiency every game. But uh, <laughs> those two guys, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they continued to uh, just with the way they're, they're playing and how well they're, they're feeding off one another. But I really think this last game was just kind of uh, felt, felt like a turning point in a way where, you know, if they can carry this confidence and momentum over into Denver and, you know, take game five, then that really puts the pressure back on Denver, obviously heading back to Phoenix. So, uh, you know, it, like book said, the, the series doesn't start till a team wins on the road is like the old saying, which, yeah. you know, I could pick apart that whole argument a little bit um, in a sense. Well, but some series I, never start, right? Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I get it though. It's, it makes, it makes sense in this series just because I feel like Denver is such a tough place to win. So, um, you know, it's it's all hands on deck. Do whatever you can to win game five and, and try to get back to Phoenix up 3-2. Uh, yeah. Just keep taking it one game at a time at this point. Maybe this is the moment for the uh, Durant playing every second of the game uh, like he did a couple of years ago. Because um, I, I tend to agree. I mean, if Jokic does play, you you have a golden opportunity. You know what I mean? You If you win this road game, you might only have to win 
won, you know, whereas, you know, you go to game seven and, and that feels like a whole separate battle. You know, it's like game sevens are, are crazy even if you're at home. So you got to just try to take this one and then have a chance to close it out at home and then have one in hand. So if you don't, you, you get that game seven. That has to be the mentality. I'm sure it will be. Uh, Rotation-wise, my last thing, I think you just roll with these nine. Yeah. You know, TJ TJ Ross. Terrence Ross hasn't been incredible, but he's gunning, which is what you want him to do. And I think TJ, you know, the only way to get the most out of TJ Warren is to keep giving him minutes. I think we've seen that, right? Whether it was Brooklyn or Phoenix this season, it's like if he's in in one game out the other, that's a great way to get the littlest out of him as you can. You know, you got to empower him, give him confidence, give him rhythm keep putting him in the right in the same spots in the rotation with the same other guys out there give him the you know comfort of knowing where his shots are going to come from all that stuff and he's been fine defensively too so he would probably be the one that people might look at him or or Terrence Ross the two most recent additions to it but I think this is an offensive series and you want your offensive guys out there yeah and shout out to Warren for hitting those those clutch free throws like it's just great to see him you know contributing to a Suns playoff win considering like where he was on this team, like his first go around with the sun. So just a real uh, full circle moment to see him and Booker uh, there. I don't know. just brought back like, you know, the memories of, of Alex Len in the glory days of the Phoenix suns. But I love yeah. uh, too. It's, it's honestly surprising and impressive to me how many fans I think kept their TJ jerseys. Cause I see them like, that's like after maybe Booker Durant, there's not a lot of Chris Paul jerseys. It's like Booker Durant, Aiton and Bridges are kind of like the four. And I would say TJ is like right up there. There's at least one or two in every section. I think people just hang, hung on to them and, you know, save some money. Yeah, Nash, gotta, Nash has to be up there back. too. I feel like yeah. Nash is like the Fitzgerald where it's like you could wear that forever. And it's exactly. just, you know. Exactly. Um, we'll have to have a conversation sometime soon on the pod. Maybe we'll save it so we don't jinx anything. But uh, yeah. revisit the fan favorite conversation we had heading in because uh it's it's come to mind a few times of like who who's going to be that guy maybe it's Landry Shamit after this maybe Matt Ishbia custom jerseys we'll see um you can read Brandon at Bright Side of the Sun he's here every week co-hosting this show every day is I'll be back tomorrow probably some Jokic news to talk about and a, a deep dive on what we can expect in game five in Denver hit follow or subscribe to get that show in your feed as well as a recap of game five first thing Tuesday night and uh, I'll talk to you guys then